Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Good morning, friends. How you all doing? Okay, only some people are good, but that's okay. Hey, um, this morning we're wrapping up our series um, on the I Am Statements of Jesus. This is the final week of um, a series we've titled I Am Who I Am. Over the past four weeks, we've been journeying through the Gospel of John, looking at, at these particular signs that John uses to, to point us to the nature of Jesus. Not only his nature and his character, but the fact that Jesus is who he says he is, right? He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is God himself in human form. You might remember from last week that the book of John has quite a distinctive style. It's um, not, not written in the same pattern as the, the other three Gospels. Um, and we unpacked John chapter 20, verse 31, where it says, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. See, there's this intended cause and effect, right? The cause is John John is trying to to point us to belief of who Jesus is, of his nature, of his character. And the effect is that we would have life and life in his name. But what even is life? I don't know about you. Do you ever just walk around thinking... What's this all about? Even, even as a Christian, with all the, all the hope and all the, the, the trust that we have in, in Jesus, what's this all about? So confusing. Let's pray today as we come before God, and maybe we might just get a, a clearer picture. Those, those things might reveal themselves to us um, as to what this, this life could mean for us and, and the hope that we find in the risen Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We just thank you that we have this opportunity to come before it, that we can press into it, that we can dive into it. Father, that, we would, um, be, that you would show us something that we haven't seen before. As these, these passages might be familiar to us, we just pray that you would reveal something new and fresh, that we would experience you through, through your word, through your spirit this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's message is called, I am the resurrection and the life. We're beginning today by looking at John 11 and and the resurrection of Lazarus, which reveals to us a a lot about Jesus' nature and his his power and his authority to to raise um, his friend from the dead. But it also mirrors what is to come in Jesus' own death and resurrection, right? John uses this story to display that Jesus' death isn't, in fact, the end, right? It's the death of death itself and the birth of life. And so we see that to believe in Jesus is to receive this true life, this fullness of life. And so today we're going to look at three elements that that will help point us towards what this this full life, this, this life to the full can look like. We're going to have a look at Jesus' nature, his character, his personality, who he is. 
also his power, because remember, it's God in human form, right? He has this ultimate authority sent from heaven to do God's will. And of course, he extends us an invitation because he wants relationship. He opens the relationship with God the Father through his act on the cross and subsequently his resurrection, right? So let's jump in. John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 3 says, So that the sisters went, uh, sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days. See, Jesus wasn't in the same place, right? So out of their desperation, they send for his help. Because they know his nature, they know who he is. They, they accept that he has power to change their circumstance. Yet Mary and Martha are confused when he's not in any particular hurry. And when we first look at this scripture, we can kind of be surprised by that as well. But who knows, there's always a plan, right? And so after two days, he says to his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And the disciples are a bit confused because they think of natural sleep, right? So sleep brings us rejuvenation, rest. You might be able to um, get, get over this illness that he has, right? But Jesus tells them, no, no, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. So that you may believe. Let us go to him. And so Jesus finally arrives to the scene. Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. And many there are comforting Mary and Martha. It's this emotional scene, right? And everyone's involved. Everyone's there. It's a busy place. But there's kind of this awkward tension because Mary and Martha expected Jesus to come and maybe prevent this from happening, yet he didn't. He waited. And now he's arrived. Neither Mary or Martha can resolve why Jesus, who loves them and who has done miraculous signs in the past, didn't get there sooner. They can't figure it out. And so each of them have a unique interaction with Jesus. Both are different. He responds differently to, to both the sisters. And who knows when you're dealing with people, sometimes you need to take a different approach for different people. They don't always receive it in the way that it's intended. So verse 20 says, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died, but but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to, her, said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He says to Martha. Yes, Lord, she replies, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And so the, the common Jewish belief at the time is that all of the dead would rise in the, the last days. But Jesus is kind of challenging Martha with the truth of the situation, is the, the fact that he, he's there now. He is the resurrection and the life. And so she's confronted with the truth. Confronted with the truth in her grief, in her sadness, 
And he reminds her that the resurrection isn't a distant hope, but in fact he's bringing it forward to the current situation. But then to Mary, the other sister, even though she shares the same concern, Jesus' response is is very, very different. He comforts her by grieving with her and being asked to uh, to go to the tomb. And so verse 32 says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same question. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. In verse 35, Jesus wept. The word for wept here isn't just shed a tear. This means he burst into tears. When someone died, it was a part of the Jewish tradition that you would hire professional mourners to come to the gravesite. There would be this great commotion. These hired mourners would wail and grieve alongside the family for days following the death of their loved one. But there's no mistake here. See, we know Jesus' nature, right? He's not putting on a show like some of these professional mourners. But, but he's not some detached spectator. He, he's, not, he, he's not indifferent to the pain and the loss that's being, being expressed. And it says he wept. This conveys the, the authentic expression of his heart. He weeps even though... He knows what's about to happen. He doesn't smugly enter the scene and say, all right, I'm here now. Ready? He enters into the situation. He enters into their grief and their sadness and has this true experience of sadness himself. How incredible is that? That in Jesus, we don't have someone unable to sympathise with our own situation. He's not not someone who's distant. He wants to enter into our situation and bring truth and comfort to any situation that we might face. But see, Jesus, fully human and fully God, doesn't just get involved, but he's willing to enter right into the pain. And sometimes it can be hard for us to understand that there's suffering in the world, there's, there's pain and there's hurt. And it's not because, because God doesn't love us, right? It's, be, it's not because he's indifferent to our situation. He loves us. He truly loves us and wants to show sometimes truth, sometimes comfort. In Jesus, we see we have a God who cares deeply, deeply for us. He reveals his nature through his compassion to us. And he doesn't just sympathize with us. He holds the authority to make a change. He has the power to do something about it. There's plenty of situations in life when we feel like we we need to do something. We feel moved and we want to make a change. But we don't hold the power to be able to do that. It's incredibly frustrating at times. But Jesus shows us here that even when it comes to death, what feels like the end, he's not only willing through his his nature and his character, but he's able through the power given to him by God the Father. He is God. He has all the authority in heaven to make a change in this situation. 
So verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. And so deeply moved in the original language wasn't just upset, which he was, but in fact it was anger. Jesus sees the the ravages of death that it's brought to the situation and the hope that is trampled as a result of the death of uh, his friend Lazarus. The despair, the pain, those feelings that everyone's experiencing around him. And he directs that anger not at those people around him, not, at, not to himself, not even to God, but to the enemy itself, to, the, to death itself, that only Jesus can defeat. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Everyone thinks that Jesus' command to take away the stone is probably a crazy idea. There's a dead body in there. It's been in there four days. It's going to stink. But there was no doubt that, and there was no doubt among the, the crowd that Lazarus was definitely dead, right? Up to this point, Mary and Martha couldn't reconcile what they knew about Jesus and the fact that they, they'd just seen their, their brother die. But it was all about to change. In verse 40, it says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you you always hear me, but, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet, hand and feet <laughs> wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. By Jesus' words, Lazarus was raised. Lazarus, come out. We're reminded that this is a sign, right? There's signs throughout the book of John that point to what? Life. The cause and effect that if we believe, there will be life. And so we assume that Lazarus goes on to have another death at some point, right? Or else he's a very, very old man lost in the Middle East. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't Lazarus's permanent resurrection. See, death itself hasn't been undone yet. There would be one, though. One who, when they died, would, would break death itself forever. So that when, when they were raised, that the grave clothes would be left behind. To his own death and resurrection. Jesus, right? So we, we're seeing this mirror in the, in the story of Lazarus. And then, not only a few chapters later, we see Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. This would be the final blow to death and sin opening that opportunity for life and life to the full. So we come to the invitation. So what we know so far is Jesus' nature, his power. He can intervene in our situation. There's a part we play of believing, right? Of, Of believing in who he is and what he's done. That he has, in fact, broken death and sin forever. Like the scriptures say, so that we may believe. Verse 15 says, and for your sake I'm glad I wasn't there, so that you may believe. Verse 40 says, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? 
Verse 42 says, I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Cause and effect. Belief and life. But it's not just life. It's not just normal life. It's, life. it's full life, true life, life in Jesus. Jesus does all of this and far more so that we would believe. He prays aloud for, for not for the sake of the dead necessarily, but as a word to the living, as a witness to those people around. So these people came along to a funeral and then they're given this eternal life as a result of seeing the, the wonders of Jesus. We hear these words in scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. But what does this mean? Once we believe in Jesus, our life becomes cruisy and easy. I wish I could tell you that. It's not the case. This side of heaven, things will still at times be tough. At times there will be struggles, there will be pain. Great news is, our eternal life starts when we accept Jesus. We can find peace and meaning and purpose in some of these struggles. Yeah, absolutely. But this isn't the kind of life that Jesus is referring to. In the original Greek, there are three different words that translate into our one word, life. Right? Sometimes English doesn't do... The, you know, the translation of scripture justice. So we need to go back to look at some of the original texts to see what it reveals. Did you know you have up to three lives? I know some of our cats might have up to nine. First one, bios, or bios. Starts, the, you know, it's the, the, where we get the word biology from, right? It's our physical life. Second one is, <laughs> forgive me, all the Greek scholars in the room, um, this is suke. Yeah, it's good, right? I'm also open to being corrected. Um, so this is your, where we get the word psyche or psychology, right? So it's our, it's our soul life, it's our mind, it's our emotions, it's our, it's our, our own will. And so these two versions of life we're, we're born with. We, we get both of those when we're, we're born, right? But the third version of life in the Greek is zoe. Zoe refers to this uncreated, eternal, divine life uniquely possessed by God. And that's what we get at salvation. Christ came that we could have this Zoe life and the fullness of it, not just part of it, this eternal, divine life. And this is vastly different from, from thinking that Christ came to make our current physical bios life easy. It's not. It's not always easy. When we're born, we have those two elements of life, but it takes a decision, a response to the invitation of Jesus to enter into this Zoe life. So we see through Jesus' nature that he meets us with his truth and comfort, and he's willing to meet us where we're at and show us signs with the specific purpose that we may believe. Not only is he willing but he is more than able. He, this power is greater than any other force in the world. The same power that raised Lazarus, the same power that raised Jesus 
can make a change in your life. The same power that defeated death at the cross is available to each of us in each and every situation. And Jesus invites us into this Zoe life, this eternal, divine life that goes forever but can start now. It's better and greater than anything we can ever possibly imagine, this side of our physical death, right? He offers us a glimpse now. We can start right now if we respond to his invitation. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In the same way that Jesus asks Martha, do you believe? He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. The physical death. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Due to their access of this Zoe life, right? So my question to you, like Jesus to Martha, is do you believe? Simple as that. Do you believe? See, many on that day who had gone to, to comfort Mary in her grief walked away believing that Jesus is Lord because of the sign. They witnessed Jesus' nature, they saw his power, and they responded to his invitation. They went to mourn a death and left with that gift of life, Zoe life, the fullness of life, eternal life. Lazarus' resurrection not only points to Jesus' resurrection, but it gives us a glimpse of ours as well. Jesus is willing, Jesus is able, all that is left is to believe. So do you believe? Have you responded to his invitation? Have you turned your life over to him to open up the doors to that Zoe life? Great news is, there's an opportunity. There's always an opportunity. Right now, in this room, here today or online, if you've not done so before, but you believe, maybe for the first time, maybe again, and as a result that you will, you will have this Zoe life, as a result of your, your belief in him, your trust in him, I pray that maybe you might, might pray with me right now and share in this prayer. If, if that's something you want to do, let's close our eyes right now. Lord Jesus, today I believe. I believe that because of the signs you've revealed to us, that you are the Son of God. I believe that you're all in for me when you died on the cross to pay for my sins. I accept that I don't always get it right. I make mistakes. But today I accept your invitation. I invite you into my life. I accept your incredible gift of eternal life today, of that Zoe life. Father, that those things of this world will not not come close to the incredible life you have given me. Father God, I accept you today as my Lord and Saviour. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me just now, there's staff and leaders that would love to have a conversation with you, myself included. How can we support you in your decision? And you know what? It's actually worth celebrating. 
If you've just made a decision for Jesus, whether you're in the room right now or online, that's so worth celebrating. We want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. It's such a joy to, to see someone open the doors to this Zoe life. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to have a chat, if you want to want prayer, um, and, and if you're online, there's, there's um, an email address that will come up on your screen, and we want to hear from you. We want to celebrate with you. As we uh, enter into the next, next uh, period of worship, why, why don't you stand as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us. That no matter what we face in this life, death will not be the end. Our sin, our weakness, our pain will not be the end. Because of the invitation we've accepted to enter into this Zoe life with you. This life that is, this, that is full, that is abundant, that is more than we could ever possibly imagine. Thank you for your act on the cross, that you have opened this, this full life to us. Father God, be with those that may be on the edge of a decision or that, that have just made a decision for you. Father God, we pray that, that you would fill them with your boldness, that they would stand up and celebrate with us that they have just started the most incredible adventure for the rest of their, not only physical, but their Zoe life as well. Father God, we thank you for all that you're doing here right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.